Well, you thought we were busy. We thought we were busy, but it's basketball season in the Sun Conference. Um, I'm, ama- I'm amazed. I'm just amazed with, with Mr. Southeastern. Dude. So, we'll go ahead and get started. Hey, beautiful people of the Sun Conference that like listening to the Sun Conference and like to hear us talk for some reason. Um, yeah, we are officially in the busiest part of the year for all athletics in the Sun Conference. Basketball, men's and women's has started up football and soccer or uh, volleyball. All three of those, they are getting down to the nitty-gritty. Last few games heading down the stretch to decide who will be where, who travels to who, and whose seasons are coming to an end with Sun Conference playoffs right around the corner. October flew by. Yeah, it did. This month flew by. Of course, we have basketball. Sorry, you know, that is, I guess, what we would consider the last great frontier for Suncast because uh, we have not talked about it. So we decided how should we go about basketball? Well, what better way to get started off with basketball than having on an NAIA first team All American? Riley Minix from Southeastern University will join. Uh, join me today. It will be a great, it's a great interview. First basketball person we've had on. We'll have uh, women's basketball players and coaches, as well as some more men's players, and hopefully a men's coach or two uh, on very shortly. Now it's going to be a very long season. We're just getting uh, into it and getting started. We'll give a full weekend preview here in just a moment. A uh, huge weekend for football coming down the stretch. A non-conference game for the Warriors. And then a couple of very, very interesting games, uh, especially that Ave Maria and Kaiser game that Josh will get to here in a little bit. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by Believe It Nutrition. Believe It Nutrition caters to athletes and everybody just looking for like, you know, a little healthier option. They have great protein shakes. I had one earlier this week. Uh, it was like a chocolate, it was like a double chocolate uh Milkshake. I'm. Uh, I, I love chocolate. I like a uh, chocolate milkshake. Can't, it's, it's, that's a classic flavor. Where, where, where's that rank for you? Where, like, you're, you're grading the flavor chocolate and like ice creams and milkshakes. Where would you grade it? Um, I know our relationship's on a pretty like basic level, I guess you'd say, but a pretty dynamic basic level. Yeah. But I have never informed you of this. I do not like chocolate. Really? <laughs> I did not know that. And now you're digging deeper into. And to your co-host here, I do wow. not like chocolate. Don't like chocolate. Something I don't like. I don't like bananas. As an athlete, weird. I hate bananas. Bananas weird. are awful. I hate every flavor. Candy. The only I might eat some banana pudding. Might eat banana That's pudding. Good stuff. Banana pudding's not bad. But like banana flavor. Can we agree on something though? Pickles yeah. are atrocious. They're 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 overrated. They're terrible. I hate them on a chicken sandwich. They're terrible. I hate them on anything. I'm, you will occasionally... I, I, I might starve before I eat pickles. Eat a pickle? No pickle? Not a pickle guy. No. We're, we're going to make some people very upset with this one. Pickles yeah. are popular. I mean... Pickles, bana- and, pickles and chocolate We, just, we and still bananas. got pickles, chocolates, bananas. I, we're going we're, we're gonna to lose numbies. What about... Uh, what's another one? What about tomatoes? What are your thoughts oh, on tomatoes? Oh, those are terrible. I hate tomatoes. I hate tomatoes. Tomato soup. I will eat that. Ketchup. Yep. Yeah. Pizza sauce. Pizza sauce. Spaghetti sauce. Spaghetti sauce. But like tomatoes. No. No. That's, I'm just, a, that's just a no for me. Yeah. I'm with you all the way. My, you, know, you know, Parker loves, loves tomatoes. He'll, he'll eat them. It's raw. Disgusting. 
Parker, we need a word, man. Yeah. Okay, anyways, let's get back to the ad. Uh, Believe in Nutrition located at 2027 State Road 60 East. Great place. Uh, healthy shakes, energizing drinks, coffees. You can do call-ahead orders at 863-949-6593. They're open Monday through 30, 6.30 a.m. for you early workout folks. And I'm got Josh like that all the way till 5 p.m. And then Saturday, they sleep in a little bit, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Close on Sundays, Believe in Nutrition in Lake Wells, Florida. Again, they are at 2027 State Road, 60 East and Lake Wells, Florida. All right, so we did talk about how we wanted to start off basketball season. So we went out and we were able to get in touch with Riley Minnick, Southeastern University. Shout out SID, Donnie Smith for helping us getting that one set up. And, of course, in his first game, which we'll get into uh, here a little bit more after the interview, I'll go ahead and tell you, he had 41 points and 22 rebounds. Not a way to open a season. Not a bad way to open a season. So here's the man, the myth, the legend, the goat of the Sun Conference, Mr. Riley Menix of Southeastern University. All right, welcome on a very special guest to Suncast. It is a kind of do-it-all guy, mostly a forward for the fire, but we can say he is first-team All-American, Mr. Riley Menix the Southeastern Fire. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome, man. Really appreciate you coming on. You know, basketball is kind of that last sport. Suncast is not covered yet. We started right after baseball season this past March, and I'm really excited. You know, men's and women's basketball are really solid, both at uh, my school, Weber, your school, Southeastern, and throughout the conference is really strong. But you come, you came into uh, Southeastern your freshman year, and you averaged 15 and 7. Uh, you won conference freshman of the year. What prepared you for that moment coming into Lakeland and instantly making you one of the top players in the Sun Conference? I would say stepping on campus, it was a bit of an eye-opener because I came from a a big high school, yet it wasn't really big in basketball. Right. So I'm from Vero Beach. It was more of a football school, mm-hmm. kind of how Southeastern is, but like the crowd is a lot bigger, all of that stuff. And at first, like it was kind of tough for me, that transition from a senior playing a lot to being a freshman like my first first half of the year I didn't really play much I was playing probably anywhere from like five to 15 minutes a game so I was like trying to find my groove and then I feel like halfway through the year it kind of opened up with where coach wanted me to play at mm-hmm. and what he wanted from me and I felt like I got that trust from coach lovers at the time and it just opened up from there. So I'm sure that's a little bit shocking. You know, you, a senior, I assume you're one of the top players at your school there, and you come to a school like Southeastern, a good basketball program, and you're have, having to be really opportunistic with the time you were able to get on the court. How did that kind of help develop your game, knowing you have you know five, maybe five, ten minutes, and you have to make the most of it? Yeah, I would just say it, it made me pay a lot of more attention to detail in both more the defensive end because in high school I could kind of sit back and not play as much defense and save it all for offense but coming to college like you got to take every possession one at a time and give everything you got so I would say my effort definitely picked up and just attention to detail on where I have to be at certain times. We say kind of your effort and defensively is that a couple of ways that your game has evolved uh, at Southeastern? Yeah I would say that and also just being in the weight room spending more time on my body both for treatment and making sure I'm well prepared for the games and then also bulking up, having that weight to be able to push around and bang around in the post. So I feel like that's really helped me to be able to use my body in different circumstances. So 
And also being able to develop that, you know, you kind of sound like before you made more of an outside guy, you know, shooting more threes. Yeah. You have to have really good three-point percentage, but now you're able to utilize that. You look at a guy kind of like KD when he first got into the league or like Giannis when he got first got into the league. Yeah, they were okay shooters, but what could they do? Like, could they put a little bit of weight on? Obviously, making that step when you put on a little bit of weight, it's obviously a huge, huge impact in the paint. Uh, you know, another huge impact is your family, Shane and Kyle, your cousins. They both pl- played collegiate ball. Your Uncle Bill played at Lehigh. How did having a family who were also very good basketball players help you grow as a player? I would say it helped me in the start. So my first time going to, like, an AAU tournament was for my cousin Shane. It was at the Wide World of Sports, and that's, like, when I told my parents, like, I want to play basketball. I want to make – this my sport like I want to take this as far as I can go and I was probably in third grade at the time like I was I was looking at him he was a senior in high school like I thought he was like the best (laughs) and just going from there I tried to put everything I got into basketball and they were a lot older than me so I didn't really get to play with them a lot right but that basketball background I would say when we go to family vacations because they're from up north so I didn't really get to see them much maybe once every year or two, I would say that basketball background definitely helped me and being able to talk to them about like different circumstances I'm going through and like on those vacations and stuff like that. So I would say it's it's definitely a competitive family and we yeah. we definitely got into it a little bit. Yeah, about, do y'all, do y'all yeah. have like uh, pickup games and there's obviously the age difference, but do y'all have those pickup games? We never really had those, but we've definitely played horse a couple of times and I wasn't trying to lose. So. Yeah. I, now, I got, now I got a good question for you. We can put this one and have a little uh, Thanksgiving's coming up. This can be a topic. I'll talk about Thanksgiving. You and your two cousins are in your prime. You're playing king of the court. Who wins? I'd have to say me. Got to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dominate them in the post? No. They're, my <laughs> cousin Shane's 6'9", so he's, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be easy, but I'm definitely going to do my best and I feel like I'll I'll take it. I got you. Uh, you know, something I like watching, especially with elite players, is you can sometimes see certain aspects of the game that you see in like NBA players. Who are some guys that you watched growing up or maybe they're in the still in the league now that you've modeled your game after? I would definitely say growing up, Kevin Durant's always been one of my yeah. favorite players. Like just the effort like that he put into it, it looks so easy for him. Yeah. It looks effortless. Easy money sniper. And yeah, and it's just the way he scores the ball is yeah. just so easy. And then also from different guards, like now in the league, Luka Doncic, I watch him a lot. Uh no uh Jokic. Yeah. He the way he distributes the ball, the way they can get to their spots and stuff like that, I would say I really dive into them a lot and just the overseas type because Growing up, I wasn't always the most athletic. I was more of a, like, shooter and playmaker type of guy. So, like, seeing that and adding that into my game a little bit more has definitely helped. Jokic is one of my favorite players in the league right now. You know his nickname, the Big K Cerrito. Do you know why he got that nickname? No, I didn't. So, you know, he was drafted really late by the Nuggets. Mm -hmm. There was a Taco Bell Quesarito commercial playing when it went across the board. So, all the Denver fans, my guy, good friend out in uh, Denver, huge Nuggets fans, like, yeah, that's why we call him the big Quesarito. That, and he's kind of built like a Quesarito. But it's awesome seeing him play. (laughs) He's kind of that new age center because, uh, you know, a little bit before – 
our age growing up, but one of the highlights I love watching kind of those old school centers like Shaquille O'Neal yeah. in the early 2000s. And you look at how the center positions kind of changed. Now you got Jokic, who's a walking triple double, and mm-hmm. he can shoot the ball as well. It's yeah. a little bit different, but it's just how the game has changed. It, it's yeah. a, it, it's really impressive. So, and one other guy you did mention was um, Luka Doncic. Doncic. Yeah. I think I got he's my MVP. I think yeah. he wins. I think it's his first MVP yeah. this year. I Definitely. think he he knows how to play the game at a great pace and yeah, then absolutely. also find his teammates and then if you need a bucket he can go get one so it's interesting because we talked about earlier how you play all these other positions and you look at the guys who when I asked you you get model your game after you got Kevin Durant Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic who are three like pretty yeah. different players so that yeah. kind of makes sense for you to like those uh three guys uh so you are the first basketball player that I've had on the show and I gotta ask the most basic basketball question mm-hmm. who's the GOAT uh, this, I would have to say Michael Jordan just because of yeah. the way he did not lose, like the competitiveness he had and how easy he made it look like end of game, like he's getting the ball and he's putting it in the basket, like you're yeah. not stopping him. Did you watch the last dance when it came yes, out? I did. That to this day is one of my favorite documentary, like docu-series yeah. at all. It was incredible. I was just enthralled with it. Yeah. It was also like peak COVID time, yeah. so it was like Everybody not a whole was lot. It. Yeah, and I think it really displayed how great the how great he was. Obviously, we didn't mm-hmm. get to watch that growing up, yeah. but I, he didn't lose. And yeah, like yeah. everybody's falling short pretty much at some point in the finals, mm-hmm. except for him. I think it would have been interesting if he would have stayed with basketball instead of going to the MLB. I think it would have been interesting to see, like, could he have actually done it eight times in a row? Because yeah. then there wouldn't be a question. Yeah, yeah, he, he's Definitely insane. I do, I, I do think LeBron is maybe a little bit more talented, but I still stand with you. I think yeah. you, you go six and zero. Oh. Yeah, you you can't beat that. LeBron's what like you got four three, and four and eight, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Def, definitely, he's, he's made it there a lot, but yeah. he hasn't been able to finish it every time. So a debate that I've heard from a lot of LeBron fans that does kind of make sense is kind of the road that they had to take mm-hmm. because. Michael only made it. So LeBron fans will say, well, he's made it there more. And then Michael fans will be like, no, 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 he won it. What the LeBron fans will try to say, I'm like super in like Twitter debates yeah. and all this. He's uh-huh. a big, big media guy. But um, what they do is they say, well, LeBron's challenge was always the Spurs, the Warriors, teams in the finals. Yeah. And then the MJ, for MJ, it wasn't having to play the Supersonics or the Jazz. It was having to play – the Celtics yeah, or having to play the Magic. The East Coast final. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I, I still stand MJ. I just think he's the GOAT. But what about if you're building a starting five all-time? We could do all-time or we could do current players. Yeah. Your choice. Uh, I would probably say current right now because, like, me for all-time, like, I didn't right. grow up, like, knowing those guys, like, especially Kareem, Wilt Chamberlain. Magic Johnson, like, yeah, I watched Larry Bird a lot, but I didn't grow up in that era, and I wouldn't say, like, I know the, them the best. Right. So, current, I would have to say, I talked to my little brother about this, and he's throwing out Kareem, like, he knows him. Yeah. Like, oh, he's on my team. Like, But uh, my current would probably be Stephen Curry. Yep. I'm going to go with my current time since 2000. So, okay. Stephen Curry, Kobe Bryant. Uh, LeBron, KD, and Shaq. 
I think that's a good five. I, I yeah. think that's the that's, only one you could maybe put Timmy D in yeah. instead, but I think that's a solid. Everybody yeah. else, Steph at the point guard, 100%. Yeah. You got to have Brian. I think KD's a solid choice. But yeah, Shaq. I think I think Shaq is the best center uh, yeah, of all dominant. time. Yeah. yeah. If we looked at if, if you, you put at, Kareem on him, Kareem was a stick. Yeah. Like, it, or it, Will. It, like he's yeah. putting them in the room. So. Did you see? We've already talked talk about a couple of uh, docu series. Have you seen the Showtime one where it had like the Showtime Lakers on HBO Max? I don't think I have. Oh, no. it's it's awesome. It it pretty much goes through Jerry Buss taking over the uh, the the Lakers. Mm-hmm. John C. Riley did an awesome job playing that. And it's that rookie year of uh, Magic Johnson coming in. It's like him versus Larry Bird. Okay. They have Kareem. It goes into it really, really well. Uh, actually, Pat Riley, uh, not Pat Riley, uh, Jerry West actually sued the show over it because they, yeah, because they made him seem like this, like absolute Terrible guy. Yeah, yeah. Seem like a maniac. Obviously, we don't know if it was that. He's like that. A lot of this is untrue. But it, yeah. either way, it was a really good series. That's kind of why Michael Jordan didn't want the the last dance to come out because yeah. it made him look like he was a bad guy. Yeah. But yeah. like he's just a he got the best out of his players. Yeah, he was a competitor. Like Yeah. That's how I, I viewed um Michael before yeah. and after that. I yeah. just viewed it the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh that, speaking of him, uh, you see when you brought up Kobe Bryant, it, it's still I haven't really I don't think I ever cried about any athlete or celebrity death mm-hmm. besides Kobe. That one yeah. that I was in shock. Yeah, that that one hit really hard, but he has he's on this the new one, the Redeem team. We're talking about yeah. the two thousand eight. I've seen that. I yeah. love that. Uh, so the part where they're singing Happy Birthday and then he holds up uh-huh. Gigi, I'm like, oh my gosh, that yeah that, yeah, that one tearing hurt. up. Yeah, yeah. No, he but, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's move on back, kind of southeastern and mm-hmm. the Sun Conference. Who are some of the opponents or? teammates or not teammates but uh, opponents or other players in the Sun Conference that you have faced that were like gave you the biggest challenge I would have to say like there haven't been many in my position Mm. that I've had to like go up against but as far as like people we've struggled against it would be my freshman year uh, Mark Gordon who was the player of the year in our conference Mm. he was given 30 every night pretty much averaged about 30 something. And also on St. Thomas that year was Justin Brown and Ahmad Gilbert. So my, the conference semifinal in the tournament, Mm. we went up against Mark Gordon. And then the next night, I think we went up against St. Thomas in an overtime thriller. So those were definitely some of the best players my freshman year. And then this last year, because I was kind of hurt my sophomore year. Right. I was out for about 20 games and didn't really play in the conference that year. But this last year, I would have to say Dwayne Russell was a was a good time or a big player. And then who else? I'm trying to think. I think that might be it. That was the biggest challenge from that year. Yeah, I'm really excited. I've heard some good things between y'all and St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, two really good teams in the yeah. conference. Uh, you know, like I said, I didn't cover basketball at all last year. I'm really mm-hmm. excited to get into it because I do love, I love hoops and yeah. I'm be really excited. I'm trying to get out here as much as I can. Uh, I'm out of Weber, so yeah. I'm able to get to a few soccer games uh, this this semester, especially at Warner, Weber, and out here. I cannot wait. So 
a little bit sidetracked. There's going to be a top 10 matchup this coming up week between SCAD and Southeastern Women's Soccer. Yeah. I'm going to be there for that. I'm going to yeah, try I'll to be get... working that. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah? You're yeah. going to be there? All right, man. I'll, I'll see you there. Um, yeah, I did see y'all. Speaking of working, y'all were working the chains uh, for football when Weber came down. And I remember seeing a couple of your teammates, and especially like one guy was like a seven-foot guy. I believe he was a, he's a D1 transfer. I was talking yeah. with uh, Donnie earlier about him. But y'all definitely seem like a confident group and you're definitely a group who could make a run at the red banner so what's the recipe for y'all accomplishing that goal yeah i would say this year we have 10 returners mm. three new guys that are going to be pieces that are big factors mm. but as far as us making a run at it i would say just attention to detail sticking to our principles staying to the basics and just having fun like loving our teammates success I would say is is a big factor in us being able to last yeah. a full year. I think uh, the point you brought up is being able to trust and your teammates. Is the great to what separates the great teams from championship teams, in my opinion, are how close are you with your group, yeah. and especially a sport like basketball, you're gonna be playing a ton of games. If you can build up that chemistry mm-hmm. and have, and like I say, you have ten. Uh, 10 returners coming back and three uh, big pieces coming in. If they gel well and y'all have 13 guys where that's a huge bench coming off, uh, and you have to have a deep bench if you want to be successful. If if you look at it, especially when we get towards the end of the year, when you have to make that run for a conference uh, regular season championship, and then you're playing the tournament, and then you turn around, then the real test really starts Mm -hmm. where you start to go after that NAIA banner. Yeah, and if you have a deeper bench than most, that's a huge thing. I think that's for all sports. We saw it with baseball where a recent Southeastern took home the red red banner in baseball was they had such a deep pitching staff, Mm -hmm. and they were able to go multiple, multiple games with uh, different pitchers, and that's ultimately what is a huge reason. And the same with basketball, if you can keep – guys off the court for an extra 10 15 minutes in a game yeah it just saves their legs and exactly exactly quick rest yeah we just talked a little bit about southeastern you know baseball being successful you also saw uh, softball make the world series mm-hmm. football has been solid uh so far this year uh what is it about southeastern's athletic programs to make that makes them one of the top overall athletic departments in the naia i would just say our our winning culture mm-hmm. and just how we view every sport like we're, we're going after it no matter who it is, like whatever sport, we're always trying to win. And I would say just the whole culture around the athletic department, whether that's the strength and conditioning, the coaches, the athletic, like, athletic director, like he, he pushes that winning culture on every team. And like we really go after it, whether that's the weight room or on the court, like we're always trying to push each other to get better and just just win at the end of the day so i learned a lot about that winning culture when i had on coach tim hayes former Mm -hmm. women's basketball coach he's actually the first person outside of weber the first coach ever i had on suncast and i was asking him about conference championships and he says conference championships are they're, they're good but what we go after and like the reason they don't y'all don't do rings like most mm-hmm. teams in the sun conference yeah. if you win the conference you do rings that's not the case for southeastern y'all's goal is to get the red banner then get the big rings like yeah. the ba- yeah, baseball just sure. had the the other night but uh right i got one more question for you man what, what are some of your favorite moments you, you've been here what now three four years for southeastern going on my fourth year. going on year four uh you know over that time what have been some of your favorite moments here in lakeland uh i would I would have to say a generic one is just the 
the time in a locker room with the guys, whether that's after practice, after games, like just the moments that we have together, building that chemistry, just in Lakeland, going to dinner together, like all the little things that, that add up every day that most of the people don't see. Right. And then two big ones, I would say my freshman year, when we won the regular season conference and then conference tournament, that was that was really big mm-hmm. for us. And then we went to nationals and it got canceled because of COVID. But that was tough. But it's still one of my favorite memories that the end of year. And then definitely last year we went to Colorado for our preseason like couple games. We played three teams up there: School of Mines, uh, UCCS, and then Metro. And we spent about nine days over in Colorado where oh, wow. Coach Lovers was from. Yeah, our previous coach. And, like, that was probably one of the funnest week and a half I've ever had with my team. Yeah. Just being around the guys, living together for nine days. Yeah, there were some tough times. But, like, yeah. we had fun over there. And we played three games, tough competition. But it was definitely one of the funnest times I've had at southeastern yeah colorado is such a beautiful place i've been once like i said uh, my friend lives up there we yeah. went to a colorado avalanche game mm-hmm. and it stepped outside his back door and the rocky mountains yeah. are right there it's we went beautiful. out oh, it's gorgeous and yeah it was january and it's like three degrees but yeah. it's still like like when it gets cold down here it's like a wet cold when it's yeah. up there it wasn't it's like, still as bad but three degrees three degrees it's like good to go for like a week or so but i don't think i'd want to live in that no from, no definitely not I think, especially with your ears popping oh, going yeah. around the mountains like it's definitely a great view, but I don't know if I could stay up there. Yeah, exa- I'm from Florida. And yeah, I've been here 22 years, and I'm I'm good staying down here. Absolutely. So. As why why is that? What makes Sun Conference one of the best in NAI? Well, the weather is a huge plus. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, uh, Riley, we appreciate you coming on, man. If you have anything you want you want to say to the mic, vice team, or anything, it's all you. If not, we're good to go, man. I would just say uh, we're looking forward to a great year. Uh, can't wait to spend it with these guys and just go after a red banner like you're saying and. We're going to give it everything we got, and I just can't wait to get forward to it. First games Thursday and Friday back-to-back at Florida College and ready to get it rolling. Yes, sir. Can't wait for it. Good luck this season. We'll be out there doing a lot of content. Uh, and, yeah, can't wait for it, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, that was Mr. Riley Minix. That interview with Riley Minix was brought to you by El Baron, big Mr. Vaughn. We talked to him last night. We got our – uh, ad deal here. I'm getting back right, right up the right way. Uh, yeah, Mr. Mr. Vaughn over El Baron Brazilian Food in Babson Park. If you go to Weber, you best cross the street over to Minimax and head over to his food truck. That man makes the best. The best. if you like Chipotle, you will love his protein bowls. It's like Chipotle, but ten times better. I promise. No lie. Go give it a shot, especially at Weber and at Warner. It's a good little drive to Chipotle. Well, if you, if you go to Weber, it's what, 45-minute drive? Yeah, at least like 30, 35 minimum. Yeah, ridiculous. So go see Mr. Vaughn and go give it a shot. All right, how we're going to break down everything. Josh is going to do a full breakdown in football here in a little bit. I have just a couple of games really highlighted as we are getting down to the nitty-gritty of everything in the conference. Uh, we'll start off Ave Maria Kaiser. I think we all know how that one's most likely going to go. 11 a.m. kickoff on Saturday. I think Kaiser will continue to do what they do and pick up their 15th win. And I believe that will pretty much wrap up the conference if they get that uh, 15th. They're assuming they actually know it won't come down to a championship game perhaps with SCAD. I'm not sure how it would work. I don't know 
if that would be a championship game or if there's goal differential. I'm not sure how that one is picked in the conference. But that's going to be a huge game next weekend. We'll focus on this weekend. I think Kaiser will take care of business there. And Weber and Warner are the two teams that are desperate for wins. They have in must-win scenarios. That won't be a 5 o'clock kickoff in Lake Wells. But I don't think that that will be too much of a problem for the Warriors. I think they will go there and handle business uh, pr pretty solidly against Warner. Uh, you know, Weber was, at the, uh, I believe, all the way at the top of the conference at certain points this year, right up there with Kaiser. However, that has obviously changed since then. Um, everything has happened with them against Kaiser, against St. Thomas, and against, uh, obviously, SCAD, that 9 nothing loss uh, last week. So now they are in must, must, must win scenario against Warner. Take a quick look at the standings, if we can get it pulled up here. And if Weber wins that one against Warner, which I do think they will do, that puts a ton of pressure in the Thomas-St. Thomas matchup. St. Thomas is currently at the sixth seed, and which means they would have to travel to Thomas, who they are playing this weekend. Southeastern and Weber are going to keep be keeping close eyes on that game. So they are three through six, and it's very close coming down these last uh, two games. Looking at it, SCAD and Kaiser are essentially tied at the top of the conference. SCAD has played an extra game and has a draw that was against Thomas, so they do have one more point than Kaiser, who are 5-0. and It looks like that one is pretty much going to come down to a winner-take-all in the Sun Conference, which would be, oh boy, that will be electric next Saturday. And then you'll have Thomas in that at the three seed, Southeastern 4, Weber 5, and St. Thomas at 6. However, uh, a lot of these teams will be playing each other heading down the last couple weeks, and a lot will be figured out, um, especially in Miami Gardens at 3 o'clock when Thomas plays St. Thomas. But the game of the week, the Suncast overall, well, actually, it's, it's the second biggest game overall in the conference this week, but definitely the biggest in women's soccer. And we will be there live. I'll be there for that game. 7 o'clock kickoff, Lakeland, Florida, top 15 matchup. SCAD versus Southeastern. It's going to be a good one. These are two teams playing extremely good ball of late. However, I just think SCAD's playing too good. Now, they could go in to this game maybe looking ahead a little bit as they are playing Kaiser next week, and they don't take care of business here. That game would be absolutely in jeopardy of uh, you know having a, the significance that we, it could potentially have. But I just – I mean – I said it before. I said they might be looking ahead to Southeastern when they played St. Thomas after beating Weber 9-0. What do they do? 6-0 to the Bobcats. I don't think they'll 6-0 this team. I would be shocked if they 6-0 Southeastern. However, I do think they will take care of business against the Fire and Lakeland, and we'll be there live for it. It will be electric. Heading over to men's soccer, though. SCAD did pick up a huge three points yesterday against Warner that has boosted them up. They still need some magic in front of them to happen, and they will have to beat down on Ave Maria, who have lost their they have lost their last nine matchups, including seven of those being in the Sun Conference. So SCAD has to continue to get some points against teams lower in the conference if they do want to make this tournament. Down in Miami Gardens, and I think I kind of want to retract my last statement. I think, nationally speaking, this is the biggest game in the conference. Kaiser versus St. Thomas. Top 10 matchup. 
Uh, my honest would be top five. No, I believe St. Thomas is just outside the top five. I think there's six. Anyways, top ten matchup, Miami Gardens, defending champs in the Sun Conference versus defending champs for the Red Banner. However, Kaiser's already won the regular season. They'll be the one seed no matter what. That kind of loses some of that flair that the, at least the Southeastern SCAD game has. I think they're uh, both huge games, but it, this I don't want to say this game's irrelevant, because you, but you have Kaiser at one, you have St. Thomas at two. I think they'll be playing again for each other. And, oh, wow, we actually have uh, breaking news. For those who care, Josh, you want to announce that? Tom Brady officially is divorced with Giselle. Yep. Oh, there there we go. Yep, ESPN. Uh, the score apps are going crazy. Um, happy trails, I guess, uh, to that not so happy. Yep, there's there's the notifications coming in on the laptop. So, yep. You want to mute that? Okay. Um, anyways, uh, okay. Um, happy for somebody, I guess. I don't know. That, That's just not terrible happy. for the Buccaneers. Not, not happy. No, we're not happy. Sorry, we're not happy for that. Okay. Anyways. Um, a, however, a game that does have a lot of implication on who is playing where, and this one is probably the biggest game in the Sun Conference for men's soccer as far as how seating is going to work. 1 o'clock in the 229 in Thomasville, Georgia, the Southeastern Fire coming in at 4-1-1 one one in the conference are taking on the Thomas. Nighthawks coming in at three, two, and two. I don't think it needs to be said how huge this game is because the difference in all of this playing out, this could be the difference between hours, 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 hours of driving. Because if Thomas falls falls down, it could mean them having to travel all the way down to Lakeland, Florida to play Southeastern or down to Babson Park to play Weber is about a I think four and a half, five hour drive for both of these teams. That's huge. You don't want to be sitting on a bus hours before a game. You want to be at home. So this is a huge matchup. Southeastern, Thomas, Electric. Uh, won't be able to, I won't be able to watch it though. It'll be at the same time as Weber playing Virginia Lynchburg, which Josh will get into here in a little bit. Uh whew. It's gonna be a close game. I do think. Southeastern is the better overall team. However, I've seen this Thomas team really play into form of late. They just got a huge draw against Thomas University. Excuse me, against Georgia Gwinnett, a formerly top five team in the nation. Give me the Nighthawks. I think the Nighthawks will pull off the quote-unquote upset against Southeastern. I think it will be a classic game. I think it will be a close game. I think Thomas... They are leaving this conference next year, and they are wanting to leave their stamp. And what better way to do that than doing it against the fire of Southeastern, and I think it will happen. I think 2-1, give me the Nighthawks. And then Warner plays Florida Memorial, 7 o'clock in Lake Wells. Uh, this is huge for the bottom again. Um, I, I think if you're SCAD, you're kind of hoping for a draw. A draw is probably your best case. And I think that might be given to them. However, I do think Flomo Warner is not playing good soccer right now. They're they're just straight up. They're not playing good soccer at all. Uh, <laughs> they win one nothing over Trinity, and you'd have thought Trinity won the World Cup. But uh, God, that was annoying. Uh, comment section got a little annoying yesterday. I Josh, I think I did very good tonight. 
buy not not comment on anything on Instagram. No, you, that was a very mature, professional moment. Because I could have ended a couple of social media careers. Um, and by that, I mean just getting after them, like you know, giving a little white uh, roast back. But I didn't. I, I just said, hey, this happens. I'm going to step away. Um, maybe Trinity learn learn that I, I hate when people don't use the right there. That that's a nick. I can't stand there. That yeah. Anyways, there was that. That happened. Now, if you want to see that little ordeal between Weber players and Warner players and Trinity players, just having a grand old time, go check out that Warner blanks Trinity one nothing, which they did do. Blank means you blank them. You did not score. You did not score a goal. That's what blank means. You had bl- anyways. Uh, moving moving on, I do think Florida Memorial will pick up the three points and pretty well clinch their spot into the playoff, uh, heading down the stretch. And then for volleyball, I think we have a pretty cut and dry look at things all around in volleyball. I think Kaiser takes care of business against Warner. St. Thomas takes care of business against Weber. And Coastal Georgia takes on Ave Maria. Ave Maria does not get caught slacking again. Ave Maria will take care of business in volleyball. And St. Thomas getting pretty close to winning that conference championship. And I'm telling you, I, I hope Ave Maria, they, they turn it up just a little bit. They've looked a little lackluster of late in volleyball. But I want to see them pick it up just a little bit. And I I am still, I am manifesting it. St. Thomas, Ave, Sun Conference, Tournament, Championship. It will happen. It will happen. That's all I got for right now. Josh, you got football? Oh, I got it. Let's get it. Uh, this weekend we got full slate. All teams will be playing this weekend. Um, first, first we got Southeastern traveling to Florida Memorial, looking, you know, to get back on track. Two two losses in a row, not necessarily the stretch Southeastern anticipated. Um, Flomo seems to be that once again that punching the punching bag team. It's happened now three times. Um, after loss. After a lot. After a team loses. They always seem to play Flomo and just use them as a punching bag. They're Kaiser like did it. St. Thomas did it. Weber did it. And now it's Southeastern's turn. They're kind of like, say, theoretically, you had a night having a little bit to drink, and the next next day you need a little Advil. And that's kind of like what Flomo is. Yeah, just the Advil. They're their Advil. Makes people feel a little bit better. Yeah. Which is not the, the, not the greatest thing to be – not the greatest no. analogy to be on that side of, but um, – Hey, I will say this. I am very excited for Florida Memorial men's and women's basketball. I think they have the second best chance. Which would, Basketball will get in more on Suncast in later episodes. It's like let us kind of wrap up everything else, kind of like what we do with volleyball. Let us wrap up everything with other sports. Then we'll start getting more into basketball coverage. Obviously, this is the, we had Riley Minix on this episode. But I think, and this is a take I'm working on, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to rank every team in the conference. I think Florida Memorial – has the second best chance to win both men's and women's conference championships this year in basketball. You heard, we'll, the, you heard the man. We'll discuss everything else on a later episode, but that's a take I got cooking. It's in the air fryer right now. <laughs> Love air fryer. Um, like I was saying, Southeastern traveling to Flomo, I think once again the team playing Flomo after a tough loss will get back on track. Southeastern will win this game um, probably pretty handedly in my opinion. Southeastern – 
has got to be punching the air right now. Two losses they did not need. Um, and then you have, uh, moving on, Virginia University Lynchburg travels to Weber. Um, a big non-conference game before two of the biggest games of Weber's program history as of late. Um, really important that you know Weber handles business here, which I believe they will. Virginia University has played a slightly tough schedule, but um, so looking at that record, I wouldn't. I would take it with a grain of salt, but not. Yeah, they're not winning games, but they're also playing tough competition, and you can compare that to Warner. But we we've all kind of seen Warner's not not the greatest, even though they did play a tough schedule. So. Not sure what to expect out of Virginia University, but I believe Weber will take care of business in Babson Park on Saturday. Um, my game of the week in football, Ave traveling to Kaiser. Game will be broadcasted on the radio, ESPN West Palm 106.3. Um, Ave Maria has played good football, haven't, hasn't won all of their games, but has won a lot of, a lot of games for their program this year. Um, Kaiser is sitting atop of the conference. This is the game. This is one of those games where it's like we can't take them for granted. You know, you, we take this team for granted. A team like St. Thomas, a team like Weber wins a couple games down the stretch, and now they jump you, and now you have a really good year go down the drain because you took a team for granted. Ave Maria is a team that if you take for granted, they will, will beat you. You could maybe ask Weber about that. Sure. They, might, they might know about that. Um, but I believe Weber will, will take care of business. You know, that balanced offense is, is just electric. Kaiser will um, take care of business. Huh? Say Kaiser or Warner? No, Kaiser. Yeah, Kaiser. You said, you said Weber. But... No, I'm saying I meant. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I misspoke. Will take care Ka- of Kaiser will take care of business against okay. Ave Maria. Right. Um, and then uh, to sum it up, the nightcap: Warner travels down to St. Thomas. That might get ugly really quick. St. Thomas playing some pretty good football. Um, speaking of really good football, Rontavius Farmer continues to impress. Four yards away from a thousand. With three games to go, all American him. Second, I was looking uh, at some stats earlier. Second in the nation in yards per game, I believe. He's averaging 142.3 yards per game with 11 touchdowns, averaging almost six and a half yards a carry. Um, should should He's be young. should be SunCast Offensive Player of the Year in football, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like, back to back like, SunCast Player. Like, of the year. there's almost no like no one else to. It was. To yeah, I mean, it was – yeah. I, I, it, I mean, Marcus Burgess is having an see. incredible year right right behind him. We got to see. I mean, I would not be shocked. I mean, so these next two weeks, Cody Braden goes out there. and I, I, I mean, yeah, of course this week matters. But Cody Braden goes to St. Thomas and then against Kaiser to win the conference. With two good games, Woo. that could be a – that could come down to a vote. I would say I would say the odds on Las Vegas uh, favorites are is definitely Rontavious Farmer. Absolutely, yeah. and I and don't, in my, in my opinion, I go to Weber. Cody's my friend. Yeah, Cody's having an incredible year. I think no matter necessarily what happens, I think Rontavious Farmer is going to run wild. Regardless, I think he should win SunCast Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, having an incredible year. But Marcus Burgess also 870 yards, nine touchdowns, averaging over 100 yards a game. Those two are really sticking out, um, rushing, um, passing. Cody Braden with uh, 797 yards, seven touchdowns, only two interceptions, averaging about 200 yards a game. Um, Completion percentage right around 60 is second in the conference in completion percentage. 
Um, Tyler Thomas having it having not not too bad of a year. You know, 54% completion percentage, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns with five picks. Shea Spencer also playing leading the conference with a 64% completion percentage with 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns, and five picks. Um, Okay, just real quick now, I'm going to let you uh, wrap up the episode, Josh, because um, i, I got to get going here in just a minute, but I'm going to let you uh, fi- finish it up. Uh, I just want to go ahead and say two things real quick, college football-wise, because I know you're going to talk some college football here at the end. Uh, my upset pick, I like the Kentucky Wildcats to love beat the, love that the pick. Tennessee Volunteers. The, I, I think everybody's looking through orange, orange rose glasses right now. It ain't going to happen. I like the, I like the Wildcats and an upset also, I had something get slid across my uh, my phone while I was scrolling on Twitter while you were talking. And hold on, let me pull up. Credit to Dennis Dodd, CBS. Bo Nix believes that Oregon football, the Oregon Ducks, the Oregon Ducks who are a top 10 team, could beat the Georgia Bulldogs right now. Are you insane, Bo Nix? Have we not, verbal meme, have we not taught you this lesson enough, old man? You belong to us. You are 0-4 against us. You have played us close one time in your career, and it was not in an Oregon Ducks uniform. We beat you 49-3. I do not care when we play again. Y'all are like Clemson. Y'all might make the playoff, but you will get slaughtered. I'm Reagan Harrell. I'm going to let Josh Blackmore finish off this episode. Thank you, Reagan. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, man. Um, moving on to receiving. Sequan, uh, Kwan Nopierre, 31 catches, 583 yards, and five touchdowns, averaging 83 yards per game. Um, Shea McLaughlin from Southeastern, 417 catches, 402 yards, and two touchdowns, averaging 80 yards a game. Um, Joshua Jenkins, 30 catches, 354 yards, and two touchdowns, 70 yards per game. Um, Jalen Arnold, about 500 yards on 37 catches with seven touchdowns, averaging 61.4 yards per game as a tight end. Um, and to uh, finish up, Deshaun Young from Weber, nine catches, 157, and a touchdown, averaging about 40 yards a game, has been pretty consistent. When Weber needs a, a big catch, Deshaun Young has been that guy. Um, but moving on to the defensive side of the ball, a um, couple guys leading the conference in tackles. Um, Jalen Willis with 56 total tackles. 25 assists and 31 solo tackles. Um, Sidney Porter, who we did have on, um, 34 solo, 16 assists with 50 total tackles. And Ryan Cunningham, also another guy we had on here a couple weeks ago with 32 solo tackles and 13 assists with 45 total. Um, I mean, those guys just real physical. Two of them being defensive backs, I believe. I'm not sure Jalen Wills is a backer or a defensive back, but I know Ryan Cunningham and Sidney Porter both play safety. Um, but moving on to the power ranking, or not the power rankings, the, the current conference standings. Kaiser at leading, the, leading the conference at 4-0, 5-3 overall. St. Thomas right behind him at 2-1 with a tough, tough loss to Kaiser. 6-2 overall. Weber... Right on St. Thomas, or right there with St. Thomas, with a two and one record, four and two overall, and Ave Maria, right behind Weber with a one and one conference record, four and two overall, and Southeastern Flomo and Warner all winless in the Sun Conference thus far. Should be interesting coming down the stretch with Weber playing the two teams in front of them remaining. Um, it should get very interesting. 
Um, I, I, I'm going to stay stay tall with um, Kaiser, going to win the conference. I believe Weber may somehow beat Kaiser or St. Thomas. I think one of those games will be won by Weber, but I don't think they are going to be able to win both, therefore putting Kaiser on top. Um, so I like the Seahawks winning the Sun Conference. But it should be a great weekend of football, full slate, um, all day long from a 1.30 to 7 p.m. We got kickoffs. And shout out the Ave Kaiser game for being broadcasted on the radio on ESPN West Palm 106.3. Um, can't wait. Um, I'm going to give a little little college football take myself before we wrap this episode up. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Gator fan. Reagan's a huge Georgia fan. So that game, 3.30, rivalry week. Rivalry week for those guys. I've always preached I'm a real fan, and I'm a real fan. Georgia will win this game, and I have zero down in my mind about that. Georgia is favored, minus 22.5. And And just because it's a rivalry game, I will take Florida plus 22.5. But a really interesting Big Ten matchup with Ohio State and Penn State. Um, I think Penn State is going to, you know, punch Ohio State in the mouth a little bit, but Ohio State will run away with that. Um, My upset of the week... It's a tough one. Reagan kind of stole mine. I had that in the back of my mind all week long. Um, I would look out for for Pitt. They play UNC at UNC. UNC is a three-point favorite. Pitt, you know, I believe that, I don't know. Drake May has been playing incredible football, but, I mean, he's having a Heisman-type year. But Keaton Slavis is a a veteran quarterback. You know, he could get his Panthers ready. Um... But I don't think it's going to happen. But I guess my upset of the week is going to have to be... Oh my goodness, what's going on? It's going to have to be... I really like Notre Dame over Syracuse. Syracuse is a two and a half point favorite. Give me the Irish. 12 o'clock kickoff on ABC. Um, I know Reagan didn't give a, any college football playoff or Heisman updates. We can do that after the weekend. But it should be a great weekend of sports, Sun Conference, NCAA football, the World Series, NBA, NFL. And I just read there will be 22 consecutive days of NFL or college football on TV. So that should be really fun. Um, so looking forward to a great weekend. And like Reagan always says, love you guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you guys next time.